Hi, this is Corey Chambers in Los Angeles. Your home sold, guaranteed, or I'll buy it. Thanks for taking a minute to listen in. In a moment, I'll share with you some valuable information about this topic. Top 10 real estate websites for Los Angeles. And they happen to be all about Corey Chambers. Just a coincidence. If you see any properties that are of interest to you, let us know. We will gladly send you a property information packet on any loft, condo, or house. Or we will arrange for a private preview upon request. If you have a home you'd like to sell, you should know that I will guarantee the sale of your present home at a price acceptable to you, or I'll buy it for cash. This guarantee will allow you to buy your next home without worrying about selling your present home. To find out how much you could sell your home for, call me at 213-880-9910 now. So we're doing a special series on the top 200 websites about Los Angeles real estate. And today's batch, so we're doing that basically roughly 10 a day for roughly uh, 20 days or, or a month, let's say. So today it's completely a coincidence that all 10 websites are about me, Corey Chambers. Um, it just kind of landed that way because in creating the 200 or 300 websites and domains, about 10 of them, a little, little over 10, and um, I decided to do about me, about Corey Chambers, about different facets of what I do, and sort of link to different websites, different uh, social media sites, different topics, it's based on just the things that we do, real estate, for helping buyers and home sellers and renters, landlords, and investors. So it really was a coincidence that they all 10 Corey Chambers websites happened to land on the same day, which is today. So I'm in a good mood for several reasons. That's I guess that's one of them I get to talk about myself. Um, and it's a nice, beautiful, sunny day, 76 degrees, which is very cool and comfortable and breezy for Southern California in uh, late June. Also, last night was a very harrowing incident. Right after I finished the audio webcast podcast last night, I was a little miffed because using this Anchor app, which is Definitely the easiest and fastest and best distribution, really good distribution. So some amazing things about the Anchor app that I use for this audio podcast. And this is the, by the way, the 100th episode, uh, the 100th audio podcast today. So we're celebrating that. And so yesterday, as I was wrapping up the 99th 
audio podcast. Uh, There's a little myth that um, Anchor does a couple things not exactly the way I would like. It accidentally kind of forces you to lump two segments together into one episode, whereas you would probably prefer usually to do a different episode. Uh, so that's the way it works. It works in segments and episodes. And like the default is to do several segments of and that go into one episode, which I don't think that should be the default for me. I don't want it to be the default, but it sort of is that way. So yesterday's episode got automatically lumped in with the previous day's episode and Anchor app made it into two segments of the same episode. So that was a little bit annoying. But but before that when I you know I walk my dog in parks every day and usually in Elysian Park where Dodger Stadium is by between where I live at Alta Lofts and uh, downtown Los Angeles. Or Chinatown is in between there as well. But for several reasons, one being that the um, there's a tremendous number of this time of year. There's a tremendous from now until fall or early winter. There's a large number of foxtails, and my dog, who has a very big boxer nose, big square boxer nose even though he's a chihuahua mix, he's got this big boxer nose, and he uses his boxer nose for like, as his hands, his fingers. So he's constantly sticking his nose into everything. He pushes doors open with it. He uses it to tell you that he wants something or doesn't want something and so forth. So he's always sticking his nose into sometimes places where it doesn't belong. Well, he's always smelling things, so all dogs are always smelling things, but especially him, and he's doing it in an aggressive way. So he gets his foxtails in his nose. Uh, first time it happened, he sneezed like a hundred times until a little bit of blood was coming out of his nose, and I, I was freaking out slightly, and then I got on the internet to look about foxtails and dogs' nose, and I find out that dogs die from getting foxtails up their nose uh, you know because foxtails are designed to go in and not come out just like fish hooks and uh, arrowheads they're designed to go one way and they're actually designed to burrow in to burrow into everything it has even has an enzyme in the pointy tip of the foxtail and then the fluffy fibers on the outside have burrs that are designed to go one way. So they're designed to, to bur burrow themselves into the ground, but they're also designed to burrow themselves into uh, whatever else happens to be around, including dogs' noses. So they will actually burrow up the dog's nose into the dog's lungs and then cause a, an infection and the dog will die. So that happens frequently. So he's always burrowing his nose into these foxtails or just the last time 
last like two days in two weeks he got foxtails in his nose he again got a one lodged and I think he was able to get them out then a couple times he's gotten an entire large foxtail in his nose once at this park that we were in yesterday and once at Elysian Park just like a week or two weeks ago and then uh, he just puts his nose in just I mean very quickly I'm trying to keep him away from the foxtails but he very quickly sticks his nose in and pulls out a foxtail and there's a foxtail big foxtail stuck in his nose so I'm got to quickly pull the foxtail out of his nose so I've had to do that a couple times and then a couple other times he got the either a foxtail or a piece of a foxtail like a smaller piece stuck in deep in his nose or something and then he sneezed a hundred times and apparently got it out but anyway so at this park yesterday after we finished our 99th episode 99th audio podcast um, and then I realized there was something worse that happened we were locked in to Rio de Los Angeles Park everybody had disappeared and then sure enough the gates were all locked so there we were the gates by the way said that the park closes at 10:30 p.m. And then I looked closely, and I looked closer, and looked and looked closer and closer, and I could not see anything otherwise. It was just a sign that said closes at 10.30. So we went in. Now we did, one mistake that we made was we, uh, one of the gates was shut, which was sort of the incoming gate, but there was no sign on the gate that said enter or enter entry only or anything like that, so. I went in through the gate that was open, which apparently was, in their mind, the exit-only gate. And anyway, they didn't bother to stick around for even five minutes to make sure that we were out. They could see our car was in there because our car, my red car, bright red car, which I don't normally drive a bright red car. I'm driving this one because it was basically free. So that's why I'm driving a bright red car. But it's very easy to see because it's the only, like, they can see someone else is still in the park who probably should not be in there. They could have waited five minutes to let me out of the park. But So I had to call the police. And LAPD is, at best, they're going to be you know, 51% helpful and cooperative. Usually they're 99.6% busy and, uh, you know, too busy f to help people. Um, but in this case, it was the one of those times that a helpful and friendly LAPD police officer showed up and who was not only friendly and helpful but also capable and had the right key to the gate and was able to use it and all that good stuff so he was one of those cops that 
did things right and he was very friendly and so forth. Also, he did not seem to have a partner with him. Usually they have partners, so I guess he was maybe a little bit more senior cop who was riding by himself. And uh, although he was pretty young, not too young though. Um, come on, sweetie puppy. So that was that story. He let us out. We were only stuck in there for like 30 minutes, so can't, cannot complain. It might have even been like only like 25 minutes that we were stuck in there, so that was pretty good. I expected to be stuck in there for at least 45 minutes to two hours. That was what I expected. <laughs> um, and I figured there was at least a 50% chance that we would be, that the car would be stuck in there all night because I figured they probably would not be able to get that gate open quickly. But we were able to get out and get the car out thanks to the police officer who had the right key and knew how to use the right key. Oh, look at a cute squirrel. It's a cute baby squirrel. See the cute baby squirrel? We are today in Debs Park in Los Angeles. Debs Park. We're in, uh, what neighborhood are we in? We're in Highland Park, which is in the middle of Los Angeles, uh, north central Los Angeles. Uh, so we're walking the dog. It's nice breeze. And uh, so those are all the good thing, reasons I'm in a good mood today. There's been no issues. I get to talk about myself today. So that's good. I did get one slightly annoying phone call. I should tell people more about the annoying phone calls that I receive. I have always prided myself and enjoyed answering the phone every time it rings to try to, you know, make some progress with whoever was trying to call. And of course, over the years, it's became more and more telemarketers, as we all know. And then more lately, it was more and more computer telemarketers, more and more computers calling. Until just about a year ago, one to two years ago, it was 90% computers calling. <laughs> Because the market in downtown Los Angeles, the number of buyers uh, had gone down, the number of buyers and sellers had gone down. And so there was less real estate activity and more telemarketer activity and more computer dialing, auto dialers. And these auto dialers, a lot of them use three auto dialers or 10 auto dialers simultaneously. And to get one or two people answering the phone. And so that's why I learned that a large percentage of the calls you'd answer, there'd be nobody there. So it's all computers and then usually computers that had already hung up on you before you even answer or as you're answering they're hanging up because they had just called 10 people simultaneously and somebody else had answered just before 
you did. And so they just hang up. So anyway, that was when it was time for me to stop answering the phone. When we reached that point, that was about a year to two years ago. So now when people call me, if they if I never talked to them before, they're gonna go, they're gonna go straight to voicemail. And then they're gonna have to leave a message and then I'll call back just like everybody else normally has been doing for years. That's what I have to do. But occasionally if a phone number seems to be something that feels right, I'll go ahead and answer it. But that's kind of rare, like once every other day. I will take a call from a unknown phone number that just looks and feels right. Try to use my artificial intelligence slash uh, women's intuition to decide if I should take that call. By the way, that's a whole other topic right there. Artificial intelligence and women's intuition. I think they're both about the same. They just kind of... Because uh, intuition is not it's not just intuition. It's, it's your brain consciously and subconsciously uh, actually thinking about a lot of different things, but, but more subconsciously so that you're... You think it's just intuition or whatever, but your intuition is all the stuff that has gone into your brain and turns into a cloud of information. And then when new information hits it, your intuition scans that cloud of information to see if it recognizes any patterns, then it spits out the answer. So the answer is not necessarily something that you can enunciate of how you came up with it because it was just your subconscious. Ow! (laughs) My dog is stepping in a pile of thorns. Hold on, Muppy Peppy. Just a moment, we're gonna pull out a thorn. Okay. We just had to pull out two major thorns at once out of two of my dog's paws because he stepped right into a huge pile of thorns. So here's a huge pile of very strong, thick, sharp, thorns so I'm just oh there's a whole bunch of these 
very large, very thorny thorns. We might not be able to do a full walk today because there's so many of these thorns that look like they just hatched from an alien thorn pod. Let's go this way. It's also still a bit too warm and sunny for 5, 6 p.m. It's quite sunny. The sun is beaming down on us. So I don't think we may not do a whole walk. Oh, you know what, Luppy? There's too much brush through this small trail as well. We don't have a clear trail. Let's go up the uh, street instead. Oh, yeah, I see all the bushes now. These are... My finger still hurts from pulling the thorn out of his paw and having it poke into my hand. Oh, there's a tractor here. They're actually removing these thorn these thorn um, thistle plants, weeds. So that's a good thing. There's so many thorns that maybe they got stuck, maybe they, they they didn't finish. They didn't quite finish. So anyway, um, is that everything? So we were rescued from the park yesterday. Today I got to, oh, I was talking about that phone call that did came in that I decided to answer because they, but I knew it was not going to be good because they called four times, five times, four or five times, and kept hanging up and calling back, hanging up, calling back, instead of leaving a message. So that's going to be someone who is pushy, a pushy person who, I, who I'm not able to help. This is a bad combination, but I decided to take that call anyway, and I decided to test to see how patient I could be with this caller. Uh... And I just want to be as helpful as possible, even if I know I probably can't help the person based on the fact that it's somebody who's calling four times. There's nobody, no clients <laughs> who ever find me by calling four or five times. Because my clients are people who are generally a little more passive or people who actually need help uh, and people who are that aggressive and pushy generally don't need as much help, and plus they're harder to help because they have their own agenda rather than my wanting to use my system that I would offer to them. So that's just uh, based on 10 years of experience. So anyway, it was a young guy. When I got on the phone, I was able to be patient with him, and he was able to communicate to me what he wanted and his he was a renter looking for a rental that of course was not available so I looked it up double checked it to make sure it was not available and uh, he had found it on Zillow or some other website that's not very accurate and uh what else? So anyway, I just sent him um, 
about 85 listings. Oh, and then he also changed the tune of how much, what price range that he wanted. So, people who are like crafty and are already like trying to negotiate by talking about a lower price point, those people are, are most likely to be able to help also because I'm, I'm not the person to negotiate with. <laughs> I'm, I'm the renter's agent who's going to help them find what they want. Then once they find it, I help them negotiate with the person who needs to be negotiated with, which was the owner, manager, or landlord of that rental property. And so anyway, then he, after I tell him, I'll just send you everything under 2200 like he asked for, then he says, uh, oh, we'll make that 2400 So that takes it from like 30 properties, 30 rentals, which is a good number to wade through. It takes it up to 85. So now he's going to have 85 rentals he's going to have to look sort through. Yeah, you know what, Whoopi Puppy? It's a little too sunny. I don't want to get... Uh, 30 or 45 minutes of sun today. Hold on, take off my shirt. Come on, it's a little bit too hot and sunny, sweetie. Whoopi does not usually like to go back early. He likes to go into the park and stay in the park. He ideally would like to stay there all night. There's too much sun, Wappy Puppy. Mm. I really don't want to get uh, more than, you know, 20 minutes of sun. That's... I don't want to get, and that means I don't want to get 25 or 35 or 45 minutes of sun because it's too much. Uh, someone who's got pale skin and freckles uh, and moles should only be getting about uh, 10 to 15 minutes of sun. So 20 is, is already pushing it. So I've talked a lot about myself today, so that just want, makes me want to... Yeah, I did end up helping that renter, and if he sees anything in those 85 rentals that he likes, he will call me and I'll give him the contact information of the listing agents so he can contact them directly because um, I will be uh, busy doing my marketing and helping home sellers and... I'm also working on uh, our new mortgage uh, stuff we're going to be able to do in the future with help people with mortgages, so I'm working on that. And so maybe I will take this time to announce, I don't think I've announced it yet, so we'll announce right now that I have started the mortgage licensing program uh, so I already have a broker license so I'll be adding the mortgage mortgage loan originator 
designation to that. The, uh, so I'll be authorized soon, probably within a few weeks or so, to uh, start originating mortgage loans. So I've, I've worked for a mortgage company before in the market as, as more or less the whole marketing department. No, Wuppie, there's too many thorns over there. So I did more, uh, and that was tw- uh, nearly, that was about 25 years ago that I was doing uh, marketing for a mortgage company. And so the boss there was a very, very good, he was already a very experienced broker who did a lot of mortgages and a lot of real estate. And being a broker was a tiny bit simpler back then. If you had a broker's license, it means that you could do mortgages and you could do real estate. Now, having a broker's license, I, um, I uh, just need to get a, a designation, a certification to be able to do mortgages. Hello. This way. Hello. It's a schnauzer. It's a schnauzer. It's a white silver schnauzer. Okay, this way, sweetie. All right, so where was I? We were talking about, that's the big announcement for today on our 100th audio podcast. We are announcing that we have begun the program to the take the classes, basically, the mortgage origination classes. So uh, it's a little bit easier for me than for most people because of my background in doing mortgage uh, marketing and my background in doing uh, being a real estate broker. So a lot of the terms I'm familiar with, mortgage brokers these days do not automatically do loans, but we usually refer the people to, um, to a mortgage lender. And then uh, the mortgage lender handles all the everything. So we just ask them basically uh, how much money they want to put down and uh, if they have good credit. And then they, um, and then they, uh, and then the mortgage person basically sends them a form where they have to fill out the form and put all their information. And then they got to send them two years of of uh, income tax returns and two months of pay stubs. And I didn't know that before. I just learned that, those details recently as part of the classes to get the, the mortgage designation. And then being a mortgage broker, I, it's a little bit unable to do more for instance, my broker that I, I, I'm a broker who works with another broker, which makes me a broker associate. And so I'm able to do mortgage loan origination, whereas the regular real estate agents, which most of them have a, a salesperson license, a real estate salesperson's license, 
and they're not able to to do those through you know if they're with our broker so I think most in general most licensed real estate agents are not able to be real estate agents and mortgage brokers at the same time they if they want to get into mortgages they'll probably have to stop they'll either have to get a broker's license or they'll have to stop um, uh, doing real estate for the most part because for what you just can't you have to be very careful that you are not um, uh, making more money off of the uh, by giving fewer choices to the um, to the home buyer so I'm that's I'll talk more details about that later after I finish the uh, the licensing program and stuff and get the um, designation Hi, sweetie. There's a little wuppy puppy. Okay. Yeah, let's go this way. Say bye, puppy. Bye, puppy. Bye, puppy, wuppy. Go this way. Alright. I always get distracted when my dog wants to play or fight with other dogs. And that's pretty much it. That's all the news that's fit to be on a audio podcast for today. I hope you found it as fun and compelling and richly rewarding as I have. As I mentioned earlier, a property information packet is available on any loft, condo, or house, or private preview is available upon request. Call me at 213-880-9910. I'm Corey Chambers in Los Angeles. Your home sold, guaranteed, or I'll buy it. Thanks again for listening, and you take care. Bye-bye.